Hey, good morning. We are back in our summer series, Long Story Short. We, we're looking, this summer, we're looking at nine Old Testament stories. We believe every one of these stories are true stories with life lessons for each of us. And each of the uh, lessons, they, they represent Jesus in some way. And it's interesting because Jesus is woven into and throughout the Old Testament uh, from Genesis to Malachi, and then again from Matthew to Revelation. Jesus is the central theme of Scripture. And so today's story is a story that's uh, it's not taught on very often, but it's a great story. And I think we'll really learn from it together. Our story um, has already been read to us earlier in the service. So let me just kind of recap it for you. So there's a, a lady who was the wife of a preacher, one who worked with Elisha, the prophet of Israel. And this preacher passed away suddenly, and this wife, in just a moment, became a widow with two sons. And back then, women uh, who became widows usually did not have an education or they didn't have skill sets for providing a living. And back in those days, there was no such thing as life insurance, uh, only property and real, uh, like livestock. So uh, apparently this couple just didn't have a whole lot. They didn't have real estate. They didn't own a house. They didn't have livestock. They didn't have anything that they could turn into money quickly. And so the husband dies and the creditors begin uh, looking for her to make payments and to take care of the bills that the husband had made. Can you imagine how alone she must have felt? Can you imagine how, how scared she was uh, at a future that did not include uh, her husband? You know, as I think about that, I think about many of you in our church who are widows and widowers, and that's kind of where you are. You're having to live in a reality that does not include your husband or your wife. And you know exactly how this lady felt, don't you? And some of you recently lost your spouse, maybe within the last few months or this year. Um, for some of you, maybe it's been quite a while. But I think it's interesting that um, this dear lady um, is by herself, just like many of you are. And I want to say on behalf of our church family, I want you to know you are loved and you are not alone. You may be a widow or a widower. We want you to know that we walk with you. You, you have your pastors. Uh, we are here for you. Wonderful deacon team. They are there for you. Life group leaders. And in fact, I would say if, if you don't have a place of community, then let us help you find that. You you don't need to go through life alone uh, in this season of your life. And we can help you. Um, and also, I would say we can help you if you have needs. Uh, we're family. We, we have people in our church that, that know how to fix things if that's what you need. If there's financial resources, uh, talk to us. We, we want to walk with you in the season that you're in.
this lady didn't have anybody. And so um, she turns to Elisha and, and is looking for help. And, and so he simply says, how can I help you? And so the lady said, all I have is a little flask of olive oil. Now, olive oil was an extremely important item. It, back in those days, it was used for cooking. It was used for medicine. It was used uh, in, in so many different ways to enhance the life of people. And so olive oil was, that was something you had to have. Um, and so she said, I have this little flask of olive oil. And she, she really didn't think she had much to offer Elisha. But it was more than enough when, when she had the faith to believe that God could do something with the little bit that she had. Elisha asked her to borrow all the pots and, and all of the jars and Tupperware, that's in the Hebrew, the Tupperware and all the various containers, as many as she and her two sons could get. So she and her two sons, they had never done anything like this. They had never asked their neighbors for anything like this. You know, um, God is all about new things for us. The season that we're living in, uh, God is, is also about stretching us as believers, moving us. God is always redefining our comfort zone if we'll let him, if we'll be attentive to him. Um, I bet it wasn't very comfortable having to go to neighbors and borrow these pots and jars and not be able to tell the neighbors what she was going to do with them. Can you, can you imagine trying to have that conversation with with the neighbors and, and not be able to say much to them. Let me ask you something. Can you think of other people in the Bible who were asked to obey without knowing the whole reason or the whole plan? So let's take a moment wherever you are. Maybe you're in your living room or out on the patio, maybe even up at your cottage. And, and so you've got family or friends around you. Take just a moment where you are, and see who you can think of. Who are folks that, um, that maybe um, you can think come to mind in the New Testament or the Old Testament? They were asked to obey God without knowing the whole reason or the whole plan. So take a moment. Well, how many did you come up with? Um, I, I wrote down just a few, and maybe you already thought of these folks, or maybe you didn't. How about Noah? I, I think of Noah in the, uh, in the story there in Genesis. God asked him to build a boat that was one and a half times the, uh, the size of a football field, and he was asked to build something that they had never seen before. They're, they lived in the high desert area, and uh, they didn't really have lakes. They didn't have, it had never rained before, as best as we can understand in the scripture, it had never rained before. The, the uh, whole ecosystem was different 
uh, back in those days. And so here, Noah was asked to do that. Can you imagine building something for an event that they had no idea that they could even fathom about? Or how about Abraham? Abraham was asked uh, by God to take his family and go to a new land where they had never been before. And they didn't know how far away it was. God didn't tell them when they would be there. He just said, go, I'll let you know when to stop. Can you imagine that? To leave home for a new land that they had no idea where it was? How about Mary in the New Testament where the angel comes to her and says, Mary, you're going to be with child by the Holy Spirit. They had no idea what to expect. And Joseph had no idea what all of that meant. But together, uh, this was the plan that they were given by God. There's a, uh, a deacon by the name of Philip. Uh, he became a deacon in Acts chapter 6, but he was a lay preacher. God used him in a wonderful way. In fact, God allowed him to be a part of a great revival where many folks were coming to faith in Christ and, and just a, a fabulous time. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and so God comes to Philip right in the middle of that great revival and sends him to the desert where he is out by himself in the middle of nowhere and he doesn't know why he's going to be there. He doesn't know what the plan is. He doesn't know how long he'll be there. But God used him to reach the uh, Ethiopian eunuch and the gospel was taken back to his land. Is God asking you to trust him without maybe necessarily giving you all of the plan. So let me ask you, will you? Will you trust God? Is God maybe stretching you today and, and redefining your comfort zone? Are you okay with that? Can you by faith say, God, I, I, you've got a plan. I, I, I just need to trust you about that. You know, I certainly believe that our church, Wayne Fleet BIC Church, I believe that we're being asked to trust God in these COVID days. And think about it. We, we don't have all the answers. We, we don't know what all is going to be involved in worshiping together or programming and different things with our kids. And, and um, we don't know the final answer to any of those kind of things. But you know what? I really believe that God is stretching us that God has a plan, don't you? Don't you feel that? Don't you sense that? And that God is calling us, even though we don't have all the answers, God is calling us to focus on our mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's given us this vision until every home is led by Jesus. And even in these COVID days, we know God has a plan. He's going to allow us to, to have new opportunities of, of reaching people and being able to give the gospel out. Look, look at this avenue just in the last four months of being able to, to go online and, and multitudes of people can hear. This message can go anywhere in the world. These are opportunities we didn't envision just a few months ago. Well, so this widow and her sons, they borrowed everything, every pot, every jar, everything they could get their hands on. They did their part. They obeyed in faith. And now God was going to wonderfully do his part. And that is the miracle. 
You know, we're, we're not asked to do miracles. You know that, right? We as believers, we're not asked to do miracles, but we are asked to believe that God can do miracles. And that's what we see unfolding here. So she begins to pour oil into the first container. And out of that little flask that should, should have been empty, she keeps pouring into the second container, and then another jug, and then another pot, and, and then all the Tupperware she could get. And she keeps pouring into all these containers, one after another, this little flask that should have run out many, many pots ago. It keeps giving oil and keeps giving oil. Each container filled right to the rim. And it keeps going that way until the very last container. And when one of the boys says, this is the last container, the Bible says the oil flowed until the last borrowed container was full. And then Elisha told her, go pay your bills with this and then live on the leftover amount. Wow. Can you imagine that? Um, enough to pay her debts and to live on the proceeds from selling the oil. That is, that is how God works. He's so practical. The, this father of ours, this, this heavenly father, God more than met her immediate needs. He even provided for her tomorrow. Now, we, again, we find ourselves in these crazy days that just are not going to go away. And the world has changed. And we have been forced to change over the last 120 days. This huge cultural shift, the likes unseen probably in the last 80 to 100 years. And, no doubt, the largest shift in communication in 150 years. Uh, this world that our kids and our grandkids are going to be inheriting in the days ahead. Oh, listen to me this morning. Our kids and our grandkids, they need to see and know that God is real and, and that, that, that God will use his great power to empower the church, the church that will be them. They are the future church. They're the future Wayne Fleet BIC. They are the future, and God is going to be with them just like he is with us, and just like he's been with our forefathers for 140 years. God has worked generation after generation after generation, and COVID is not going to stop our God from being able to work and he will empower our kids and our grandkids. And we need to build into that faith. We need to remind them. We need to tell the stories of how God has met the needs uh, currently and how God has met the needs in the past. These stories are so important. And that he's going to continue to meet the needs and he's going to continue to empower the church until he comes. Guess who is still in charge even during this COVID that's right, God is. And though we don't know what the future holds, we definitely know who holds the future. Does the future unknown scare you? Yet, do you, do you want to step up to the challenge of, of being the church in 2020? 
but maybe you find yourself, you, you feel intimidated by that or perhaps you feel inadequate. Maybe you don't feel like, you just don't feel like you're enough to be able to be that generation that steps up in 2020, for us to be able to move forward in bold ways, faith ways, living life with the open hand. Maybe, maybe we just, we don't feel like we have much to offer. You know, on our own, this, this widow had little to offer in the way of, of meeting her needs. But when she put her little bit of oil in God's hands, then we see God does these great things with that little bit of oil. Remember the song that used to be a hymn, Little as Much When God is in It. And what a great statement that is. I mean, you think about it, uh, the Bible is full of, of situations like that. Moses is a great uh, example of that. Here's a guy who had a speech impediment. We, we don't exactly know what it was, but, but he was kind of tongue-tied. He, perhaps he stuttered or, or maybe he was just had trouble pronouncing words. We, we don't know what it was, but he was certainly intimidated by it. And yet God chose him to be the mouthpiece of, of the Hebrews to Pharaoh. He had a rod of wood, just a piece of wood. And that, that simple piece of wood became the rod of God. Great miracles were done. The Red Sea was parted with it. Um, the, the plagues that, that God brought upon Egypt were uh, announced by that rod. Our widow's oil today is a great example. How about David? David was a guy who, who he was just a teenager out in the fields. He, he was a shepherd. And yet God used him even as a teenager to use that simple shepherd's slingshot uh, to be able to take down a mighty giant. How about Gideon? Gideon, we, we heard uh, Pastor Rene uh, teach on Gideon here recently, how he was the least of his family, and yet God asked him uh, to lead the army of Israel. And after several confirmations, because he was so insecure about, God, are you talking to me? Are you sure you'll do that? And then with 300 soldiers, he routes tens of thousands of the enemy by God's power through them. I think of a little boy who one day gave his five loaves and two fishes to one of the disciples who, who brought it to Jesus and and Jesus took the bread and the fish and he had the people sit down and upwards to 10,000 people were fed with food left over. Little as much when God is in it. Little as much when it's given to God because then he makes much of it. I think of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, writer of most of the New Testament under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, here was a guy that, that had uh, some wonderful highs in his life and some really, really drastic lows in his life. And yet he loved Jesus and he followed Christ and he gave his life to the Lord. And, and God allowed him to see some amazing things. But in the midst of that amazement, he also put into Paul's life something to help keep him grounded. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 
beginning with uh, uh, verse uh, 8. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger uh, from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then, here it is, I am strong. Wow. When I'm weak, then am I strong. You know, Paul had this physical affliction that uh, was given to him. And scholars think uh, that it was uh, eye trouble, uh, physical sight problems. And uh, three times, three times he says, God, would you please take this away from me? And God says, no, no, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to leave this with you. When he could have healed him, Paul had the faith to believe that God could heal him, but God had a different plan by using this weakness in his life. And by the way, not only did he allow this physical weakness, but Paul talks about that God allowed him to suffer hardship, uh, that insults, the Bible says, which literally meant mistreatment by others. Troubles, literally, it, that means difficult circumstances implying restrictions. Kind of like today, we're living under restrictions that we didn't ask for. So in his weakness, Paul was strong and he was used powerfully by Jesus for the gospel because little is much when it's in God's hands. I want you to know this morning that you and I, we are enough when we by faith give ourselves to God. And what we have is enough when we give it to the Lord because he can multiply it. God makes it into more than we could ever imagine. I heard a mission story this uh, past week I wanted to share with you. And, and um, many years ago, a lady was uh, filling a box for, uh, to send to India uh, for missionaries to use. And um, a child friend that lived in the area uh, brought her some change and with that change, this lady bought one gospel track and she put it into the box and mailed it to India. And it ended up in the hands of a, of a Burmese uh, village chieftain. And, and so this, this chieftain read the track and understood the gospel and responded to it, gave his life to Christ. And, and the chief told the story of his of his new God. He put away his idols and he turned to follow God and to learn, who, uh, to learn as much as he could about Christ. And he began sharing that message with the village and many of them threw their idols away and, and became Christ followers. And 
a church was built there, a missionary was sent there, and 1,500 people came to know Christ, all because of a child's gift of change that, that bought one tract and one tract that was sent to a Burmese chieftain, and God by faith multiplied by his power the gospel emphasis. You see, that is the power that God has because little is much when it's in God's hands. Whether it's you or me, whether it's what we have, whether it's whatever abilities we might have, think about that. What is God asking you to do in faith? Without the details, without knowing how the plan's gonna, how it's gonna come about, what is God asking you to do? What is it maybe you've been kind of hemming and hawing about, but maybe, maybe God's got your attention this morning. Will you let yourself be stretched? Will you let God expand your comfort zone for the gospel's sake? Do you find yourself feeling inadequate this morning in that God wants to use you or use what you have? And maybe you just don't feel like that it's enough or that you're enough. And I just long to, I just want to tell you, God longs for you to give yourself to him and let him fill your borrowed pots, if you will, with his oil. Meaning that God wants to work in you and through you in wonderful ways, just like he worked through this widow and just like God used the little she had because by faith, she offered it back to God. Jesus is our oil. And my friend, he will multiply us. He will multiply when we live this life of the open hand. That God, I belong to you. Everything I have belongs to you. It's yours. No strings attached. Lord, use me as you would see fit. Use me in your kingdom work. I am nothing but borrowed pots for you to pour your oil in and that you would work through me, that you would bless others through me, that you would use me in your kingdom. That is what our story is all about today. Can I pray for you this morning right where you are? Let's bow our heads and I just want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for our church family. I love them. I count it a privilege to be their pastor. And, and Lord, how fun is it today to read this story and to imagine what it must have been like to see it unfold and then for us to be able to offer ourselves to you and all that we have that we may not feel as much, but when you're in it, when it's in your hands, much becomes of it. Lord, you're calling somebody to come to know you as Savior, to give their life to you. This morning, you're calling a, a believer to take a step of faith and to be enlarged in their faith and to grow in their faith and, and to, to work in the kingdom. Lord, there's somebody here today that needs this message to be encouraged today that, that when you're involved, we are enough and what we have is enough. In fact, perhaps even more than enough. 
So Lord, we give ourselves to you today. Use our church and our community. Lord, use us in these COVID days. We don't have to have the whole plan spelled out. We want to walk with you. We want to be used of you. God, I pray that you will minister through our church where little is much when God is in it. I pray that folks will come to know Jesus this year. I pray that that folks will be brought closer to you. I pray, Lord, that needs will be met. I pray that we'll be able to do great kingdom work here at home and, and even in other places. And Lord, we thank you for this story and the great reminder. Thank you for Jesus. And Lord, we love you in Christ's name. Amen. I hope you have a great week. Offer yourself to God. And if we can help you in any way, you can get a hold of me at my email, pat at waynefleetbic.com, and uh, we'll get together. We can talk on the phone, or, or we'll work it out. If we can be of any help to you, or you have questions about faith, or maybe you have questions about maybe you feel like God's calling you to something, man, let us help. That's what we're here for. And I pray that this week you have a great week. I love you. Our staff loves you. Our leadership team, our deacons, our life group leaders, teachers. Oh, what a great team we have. We love you, and I hope you have a great week this week. God bless you. Take care.